everyone, and welcome back to the Uneasy Train Explorers Club podcast, the place where curiosity is welcomed and no topic is too taboo to tread. I'm your host, Jonathan Doe, and I'm sitting here over Zoom with John and Matt, the hosts of the Sick on Cinema podcast. How are you guys doing today? Doing all right. Good. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, well, I kind of want to start off. Uh, what inspired you guys to start this podcast? Well, it's funny because like me and Matt had a history of like doing review stuff together online. Matt's my nephew, which I don't know how many people know that. But when he was a young, young man, we did a YouTube show called Matt Reviews, where I introduced him to various films, probably most inappropriate for him. And, uh, you know, we did that for a while. And then, you know, we just stopped doing it because, you know, times change and stuff like that. And Matt started when he got, I don't know, how old were you, Matt? Like, Uh, probably... 14 15 ish is when i started getting into this stuff but yeah um, and he started he, i was getting out of extreme cinema and he was like getting into it so it was like oh shit this is a way for me to like kind of like you know rediscover a lot of movies and discuss this stuff again so it was like well oh, shit it could be fun to like you know do a podcast that's you know there's not a ton of podcasts at the time that were like focus solely on this like underground disturbing movie stuff so it was like let's give it a shot and see what happens <laughs> so we okay. started like what 2017 yeah 2017 that's awesome so uh what what is like this your earliest memory of being like interested in horror movies for both of you uh, yeah you, you go first john <laughs> okay <laughs> As a kid, I like I was always really fascinated with like horror and scary things. Like my favorite episodes of any TV show were like the Halloween episodes and stuff like that. But horror scared the shit out of me. Like I couldn't watch a horror movie. I have a very strong memory of uh, being in the room with my sister trying to watch Pumpkinhead and only getting to the part where the dude knocks on the door and running out of the room screaming. And trying to watch Tales from the Crypt and like the Crypt Keeper comes out and I'm like, turn it off. I can't do this. So, like, the first time I was able to actually sit through a movie was Creepshow. And it was just because, I think, basically because it was, like, it was scary enough, but at the same time really fun and had a lot of a sense of humor to it, that I was actually able to, like, sit through it. And after Creepshow, it was kind of just, you know, it was all go time. <laughs> um, my experience is very similar, where um, I was very much into, like, you know, horror and um, scary things in general, but not being able to sit down and watch an actual horror movie was a, a problem. <laughs> but um, I remember watching the I think it's the uh, the American Grudge <laughs> as like a Hell five yeah. year old, and it scared the shit out of me. And I've kind of just been obsessed with this whole thing since. So yeah, I can definitely gravitate towards towards that or relate towards that. Like I remember. Uh, watching are you afraid of the dark and mm. in the beginning, like the whole intro of are you afraid of the dark it has like creepy music and it's like footage of different stuff and there's like a clown that shows up on there and i always wait like i would be too scared to watch it and i would i kind of like challenge myself like oh you're gonna watch the intro intro and i don't know you guys have i think we all can understand like that feel chasing that feeling of being uncomfortable you know in a, yeah. Oh, yeah. In a safe way so how did uh, you guys start um, moving in the more extreme cinema direction? Because a lot of people who are into horror like will stick with the Freddy Kruegers and stuff. And that's a unique group of people who want to take it to that next level. Yeah. You know, I, that's weird because like I thought about it for a while. And like I'm not 100% sure how I got into the more extreme stuff. Like I know there was a video store close by that had stuff and like – the people there would like recommend me stuff like John Waters movies and I spit on your grave and stuff like that. But I don't think I ever like registered that this was any different than regular horror. It wasn't until like, I was like, I used to listen to a podcast called dead pit and they would talk about movies like Campbell Holocaust and like August underground. And they were like, Oh, this shit is like, this is too much. Like this shit's way too extreme. And for some reason I was just like, so drawn to that. I was like, it's too much. Well, then I got to see it. And it just kind of like escalated from there. It was like anytime I heard anyone talk about something that was like way too fucked up or way too extreme, I'm like, shit, I got to see what it is then. <laughs> and then like it just grew and grew and grew until it kind of became my niche. <laughs> um, 
for, again, for me, it was like uh, being a kid going through John's DVD collection. He's been doing this for forever now, but um, and like grabbing the DVD or you know, it was kind of before Blu-ray, probably. Yeah. But and John being like, "No, put put that back. Don't look at that." <laughs> and, you ain't ready for that one just yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And me just being like, it's kind of like this forbidden fruit type thing. And it wouldn't be until like, I was like 14, 15-ish, I discovered horrible reviews that really kind of kicked off my interest in this stuff. Because I was like, oh, what are like disturbing movies? So I just kind of fell down that rabbit hole. And uh, eventually just started watching them. And I think the first one I watched was probably the First, August Underground? No, Cannibal Holocaust. That's probably like, the first one I watched. I don't know. It's like, I feel like I was always like fascinated. Like, anytime someone like talked about something that was disturbing, it didn't have to be movies. Like, oh, this true crime case is the most fucked up, or this song is the craziest ever. I always just had like an affinity to like challenge myself to see like how far it could go. Yeah, so same here. They just went straight into movies. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm actually pretty good friends with Yaron, who does um, horrible reviews, and his channel actually was, like, a good resource for me to find, like, fucked up stuff, and uh, I think it's pretty cool, like, the stuff that you guys are doing and, like, what I'm doing, all that stuff, like, we're creating, because back in the day, like, you just had to kind of blindly look for this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. We've got, like, people who are, like, like you guys have episodes that are like centered on on different things that people could be really really interested in um and speaking of that like kind of going into like down this disturbing rabbit hole that exists um where do you guys there's all different kinds of stuff there's like mixtapes there's like extreme pornography um and there's there's arguments with people on whether these fit under the umbrella of extreme cinema and i was wondering what you guys think of like all of these different avenues like where's where's the bubble that extreme cinema fits into do you think that uh extreme pornography fits into it do you think mixtapes fit into it do you think is there some kind of line that exists uh you know i don't i don't really think so i think all those things fit within the genre it's just do you personally like it kind of thing? You know, like I'm not going to like hate on somebody for being really into the extreme pornography or Japanese JV stuff or mixtapes. It's just personally not my cup of tea. It doesn't discredit it from being a part of the genre because like it all kind of falls together. You know, I do think that sometimes like when people are getting into it, the lazy thing is to be like the most extreme thing is this mixtape or this porno you know, it's like you should challenge yourself a little bit more and be more creative when it comes to things like that. But that stuff's still a part of the genre, you know, and there's, you know, it's all about boundary pushing and like testing in your limits. And I think we've all stepped within there at least a couple times and some of us like it and some of us don't, you know, and that's it's still there and it will always be there. Yeah, like um, mixtapes and extreme porn and the extreme cinema of like umbrella. Like, I remember there was definitely a point in time where I was like, I didn't know what mixtapes were at the time, but I thought extreme porn had no place in it and stuff like that. But and then once you kind of like, I guess, get older and, you know, expand your taste more, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, this stuff definitely has a place. Mm-hmm. It's like mixtapes can be, you know, just really anything. It can be something that's super goofy, over the top, or it can be something that's extremely disturbing too. And I feel like all that stuff has its place under here uh, in uh, the world of extreme cinema for sure. And it's kind of like shockumentaries, right? Like shockumentaries, yeah. no one ever argues whether or not they're a part of the extreme film umbrella. However, it's like it's not that much different than you know porn or mixtapes where they're you know it's not they're not really like movies per se you know they're just like clips of people dying or you know crazy stuff from other countries yet nobody argues that it's a weird like dynamic that people have where it's like traces of death cool 
terrible meal nah you know it's like well, what's the yeah. difference <laughs> you know like what's well, like you go through shockumentaries and it's like how many times you're gonna see bud dwyer get <laughs> shoot himself before you know i guess you get tired of it but at the same time it's like all this stuff like it belongs here whether you like it or not it just it just depends on whether you want to explore that further that that, that far or not yeah that's, absolutely. My, that's my take I think uh, I think it's all very subjective, you know, and we all have our own personal boundaries and stuff like we have things that we're sensitive to based off of our life experiences. Um, and so maybe a certain type of subject matter might be uh, upsetting, but I think the worst thing to do would be to like um, censor it or anything like that. And um mm-hmm that brings to another uh discussion within extreme cinema which is um is censorship um and i was wondering what your guys thoughts are on that because we've got like the video nasties list and not so much like whether you guys are for or against censorship but how do you feel censorship affects extreme cinema because i think when things it's almost like a badge of honor when a film gets banned or something you know like you see cannibal holocaust and it says banned in 50 countries and it's almost like a marketing campaign so just throughout the history of like censorship how do you think that's like impacted um this genre of films it's a lot like the uh, parental advisory stickers on an album like Mm. you know growing up when i would go to our local you know record store I would look for anything with the parental advisory sticker on it. If it had the parental advisory sticker on it and a fucked up looking cover, that's the one I wanted. Yeah. That like the best marketing campaign for a movie ever is to be like banned in so many countries. Like I can distinctly remember being a kid in the video store and looking at the faces of death covers and being terrified of them just because it was like, this is real banned in 27 countries. You know, it's like, of course, you know, I don't think any of us are going to be for censorship. You know, I'm fully for like, you know, no matter as long as everything is consenting between adults, letting Mm -hmm. it come out and letting the person watch it be the judge of whether or not it should exist or not. So don't cut it. But honestly, like, you know, it's like like when DVD was first like coming out and stuff like that. And like these movies like The Burning is like, oh, this is the first time you're getting it fully uncut. If you were able to get that thing before, I don't think a movie like that would be as coveted as it is now because everybody or like My Bloody Valentine or something like that. Like all of a sudden, like there's a version of it's got more gore and stuff like that. You know, those things almost like, you know, propel these movies into like cult status, like Campbell Holocaust is a masterpiece. But without the controversy, would it be talked about as much? Probably not. It'd probably be just another just another film in the underground that's kind of forgotten, you know, lost to Italian cinema history. But because it has all this like insanity and every time it gets showed, like, you know, recently they did it on Joe Bob and, and, you know, everybody was up in arms. I can't believe they would show such a vile piece of shit like this. But guess what? Now everybody's talking about it again. Now it's trending again and everybody's trying to find it. You know, it's a weird thing because it's like censorship is not a good thing. It's very terrible, but it's the ultimate marketing campaign. We want what we can't have, (laughs) you know, like. Yeah, definitely. It's like. It's like <laughs> I definitely have like a couple of rants in me about like the video nasties list and how dumb that whole situation was and like how censorship in, of movies, you know, in other countries is still you know relevant. But it is like it, it's it's only making these movies the forbidden fruit, like I talked about earlier. It only makes you want to check them out and watch them more because there's this need. To see something that's like, oh, this is what pushes it too far. Okay, now I got to search that out. I got to figure out, you know, how far my limit is. And I feel like a lot of us have that in us, whether it's, you know, a movie or a song or something like that. It's like, I definitely know, like, I got into a lot of like extreme metal stuff because of album art and been like, oh, this is what's going to, you know, this is how Mark's going to get under my skin a little bit because it's like, oh, look at all this like nasty shit that's going on on it and stuff like that. And yeah, censorship all around is just like, it's really, it's really dumb. Yeah. It's like, you're just making these things more profitable. (laughs) 
the video nasty is like a great example of that too right because like a lot of companies like a lot of distribution companies nowadays are selling some real shitty movies that are just god awful but you know people are going to buy it because they got to have it because it's one of the video nasties you know? I, yeah it's like snuff. <laughs> i watched snuff recently because it's on the video nasties list the god awful movie it's terrible <laughs> Yeah, Snuff is a perfect example. Like, Snuff sucks. But... It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but the lore behind it, you're like, oh, it must be, you know. And then there's that whole, the whole thing is that, is the is the murder scene at the very end real or fake? Like, yeah, it's definitely fake. That's you know? so, yeah. so funny, man. Because, like, same thing with, like, Faces of Death. It's like, how that was ever able to trick somebody is insane. But, like... <laughs> Because you go back and watch it now, and you're like, it's like faces of death, like the same, like the the satanic cult sacrifice no. person. And you're like, there's multiple camera cuts, and there's edits, and like, how did this trick people? But it sure the fuck did. <laughs> I mean, you still see that now. Like people thought Megan is missing was real. Oh yeah, that is true. I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah and it's <laughs> like it's crazy. Like people are fooled so easily. That's crazy. I, I knew that Megan is Missing was like really popular and, and going viral, but I didn't know that there was people that thought it was real. I don't know how you <laughs> think that. The acting is horrific. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah. I, I watched it because of like it got super popular. And I was like, I remember hearing about this like years ago, but you know, nothing really about it. And I uh, watched it. I'm like, this is rough. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I still am a diehard like found footage fan. I feel mm, like the yeah. was pretty like bloated and whatever, but I was collecting like every found footage movie back in like 2010 when that movie came out. And I remember like hearing about it and it just came and went like it literally like it came. Yeah. I remember going to um, like just like a FYE or something and they had like a little uh, book stand of of it. And I bought it for like $14 and then no one talked about it. And then 10 years later, everyone's like, have you seen Megan is missing? And I was like, what the fuck? Like no one's been, t- no one talks about <laughs> yeah. this, you know? And they're talking about, it. it's like the most disturbing movie ever. And like, as someone who's like been in the extreme horror circle forever, like I was like, no one talks about Megan is missing. It just got picked up by a bunch of little teenagers who had never seen anything like that before. Yeah, it's really interesting because, like, I'm like the old man yelling at clouds. Like, I don't have TikTok or any of this shit. So it's like when Matt was like, have you seen Megan is Missing? Like, people are really talking about it. I'm like, do you mean the movie that came out, like, 2014? And, like, I watched it and didn't think anything of it. I was like, oh, that's cool. Whatever. You know, it's kind of shit movie. Moving on. Now, all of a sudden, people are, like, making thumbnails with him in tears being like, I've seen the most disturbing thing ever. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, why is this happening? (laughs) Well, it's like the same thing happened with Midori for some reason. Midori, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, which I was like, Midori, what the fuck? Like, at least Midori's good, though. (laughs) Oh, yeah, but it, it was like, that's so bizarre like why are people picking up on this now i think it's teenager like i don't know if you've never seen someone in a bdsm mask before and you're 14 sure like that's scary looking (laughs) but if if you're an adult you've watched some gnarly shit it's like whatever i mean the ending is the ending is pretty brutal i will give Mm. it that but it's so terrible leading up to that point (laughs) yeah um (laughs) But speaking about like, uh, I wouldn't, I don't want to criticize too much, but like talking about something like the the video nasties list getting a whole bunch of attention and kind of giving terrible movies like Snuff um, kind of some clout where it's kind of undeserved. I think a more modern example of like a video nasties list is the disturbing movie iceberg that came out. Yeah. Um, and uh, because a lot of the movies on that list, like some of them, yeah, it's warranted to be on the disturbing movie iceberg, but then you've got shit that has no business being on there. Um, and I was wondering, and that's something that blew up and got a lot of attention uh, with people trying to hunt down all the movies and stuff. How do you guys, what are your guys' feelings on the disturbing movie Iceberg? And um, how do you think it's impacted the underground scene? It's kind of um, interesting. Yeah. Do you yeah. Matt? Yeah. Like, honestly, I see it as almost like twofold, honestly, because like, it's like, I definitely hate the iceberg because it's just like the whole 
like the ranking of it and everything was just really flawed and people searching for certain mixtapes I'm not going to bring up, but it was just like, it got real toxic and weird. At the same time, it's like, I don't know how many people would have, you know, checked out some of these movies or even found, you know, our stuff, you know, mm-hmm. because it's like, um, around the same time that we actually, you know, people started listening to our show was because of the iceberg and you coming on our show. Yeah. And, uh, it gave us attention, but the iceberg is still like a hunk of dog shit. <laughs> mm. I hate the format in general. Like when I'm on YouTube and I'm scrolling through and it's like the SpongeBob iceberg and like <laughs> shit like this. I'm like, this format just doesn't make sense. It's like, is it broke up from obscurity? Is it broke up from like extreme level? Is like why is the sky a part of it? That's not a part of the iceberg. It's just floating up there. It shouldn't even exist. So it's like the whole thing is flawed from the get to go. I'm like, the tier list thing already existed. It's a much better version of it because you can literally be like, all right, this is best. This is worst. You know, like there's videos explaining these icebergs because people just make them and slap them on the internet, and you have to kind of like decipher what it means. Yeah, it's just a shit format in general. And the disturbing movie iceberg, it's like it's so weird because it's like I do feel like a lot of us got attention from it. Like people were seeking these movies out and running into our stuff, which is good, but it also brought a lot of like toxicity into the community as well. A lot of people who shouldn't have been there were coming in. and they weren't there to like watch the movies and like get educated and kind of like, you know, grow to appreciate the genre. They were there to be like, you all are sick and twisted. How could y'all yeah. enjoy shit like this? And it's like, well, you know, enjoyment is such a strange word. Cause it's like, when you watch something like martyrs or something like that, you're not, te- you're enjoying it as a movie, but like, it's not the subject matter that you're enjoying. It's impacting you the way the movie means for it to be impacted. You're feeling those emotions. That's why we like this shit. It's not because we like get off on it or something like that, you know, or some people probably do, but you know, but like, that's I don't their know. Business. That's their business. <laughs> the iceberg in general is just a flawed. I wish it would just go away. It doesn't seem like it's going away anytime soon. I still see that shit everywhere. I still see like revamped versions. Like this is the good version of the disturbing movie iceberg. And you it's look at it, you're shit. like, it's still shit. <laughs> like It's still shit. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't get the iceberg format. I feel like, it's just dumb. I just use them to try to find new shit. Yeah. That's the only reason why I watch videos that are about, you know, icebergs and stuff like that. Cause it's like, let's see if I can find some kind of like movie or even like a concept or a story that's like something I've never heard of. That's the reason why I care about them. And that's, you know, very, a very small amount mm-hmm. <laughs> that I care about icebergs. But yeah, I mean, I think that um, just the format in its in itself like if you're really into any whatever genre or whatever it is you know like i've seen like the black metal iceberg or i've seen like the disturbing movie iceberg like if you're super into black metal nothing on that iceberg is gonna surprise you you're gonna fucking Mm -hmm. you're actually it's like the icebergs are for people who are surface level and don't really know about this stuff anyway um but i think the problem is is that these icebergs are so popular that they're made by people who are trying to like almost give themselves clout. Like, yep. I feel like the disturbing movie iceberg was made by some kid who is like, I'm so edgy. Like, look at how knowledgeable I am about this stuff. And he actually wasn't, or she was actually not that knowledgeable. And, and looking at the iceberg, my issue with it is that it kind of, it can be broken down into like, um, compartments you know like if you look at the tiers like tier seven is all like jv stuff mm-hmm. or pornography and then tier eight which is the most disturbing stuff is all just mixtapes and so kind of a result of that because this person decided that mixtapes were the most disturbing thing all these like kids who are just discovering this stuff go oh mixtapes are the most brutal like and they they want to identify as being brutal. And I think that's actually one of the reasons why mixtapes are so popular now, like, yeah. because they're so easy to make. So it's all these teenagers who are like, I can't even tell you how many times, like with me doing putrid productions, I'll have people try to offer me like, Hey, can you put out my movie? And a lot of them are like, people like, Hey, I made a mixtape. Can you put out my mixtape? And I'll watch the mixtape. And it's got like, uh, uh, 
one guy, one jar in it. And it's got yeah. shit like that. And I'm like, dude, this has been done. This was done fucking 10 years ago, you know, but yeah. to these people who are brand new to this stuff, like it's all new to them. So they're like, oh, I'm going to make this super gnarly thing. And it's like, dude, like you're just discovering the internet right now. And, uh, but I, but I, but I do, I think it's cool. I think it's cool that like it, it opens the door and introduced a lot of people into our community. But I also think there's a whole bunch of like, I think that's why you see a huge influx of mixtapes because it's easier to make, it's easier to make mixtapes than it is to make hardcore pornography. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like, let's, let's, what sucks too is like oh. with, when it comes to like mixtapes, it's like when people say mixtapes now, the first thing they think about is like real gore or porn or something like that. And it's like that limit that genre so much because like, I know me and Matt are both big fans of the everything is terrible mixtapes, which are so creative. And like, they take all these like movies and VHS stuff and create a narrative out of it. It's like mixtapes can be so much like it didn't got to just be one thing. But now when people say mixtapes, it's like that completely defined that genre. Now it's yeah. like mixtapes means gross out gore. And that's it. Yeah. And that's well, disappointing, like, I, you know? It's like when I heard about the mixtape concept and I watched some of them, I was like, I thought some of them were just complete garbage. And I was like, this is just like, it's no different than going to, you know, the the YNC or like best score back in the day. It's just like, it's, mm -hmm. it's no different. Where it's like, again, I, I've, I made two mixtapes and I wanted to make them just be funny. Like, there's definitely some things in there that are definitely more, I guess, shocking, quote-unquote, I guess. But I, I, I went for the humor aspect. I want to try to make people laugh with them by, by using a bunch of, like, footage and shit like that. And I think there's not enough of that. There's more of, like, I want to make this brutal thing rather than just, like, just make something that's entertaining. Yeah, and we'll just take, like, clips and just drop them in a timeline they don't edit yeah. them they don't they don't try to make it like something different or unique it's just like i went to this website i downloaded a bunch of stuff i put a timeline put some music over called it a day and that's disappointing you know like because like mixtapes can actually be really good it's just mm -hmm. nowadays the the easiest way to do it's just to be lazy and just slap it out there <laughs> yeah i think it's the same with any genre you know like the the uh, the format of a slasher is mm -hmm. can be something that people just recycle and copy over and over and over again and you go okay there's another fucking guy in a halloween mask killing people and you lose interest in it but if someone takes originality and follows that format but brings something new to the table then hell yeah i'm fucking for it and same with mixtapes like i'm definitely like i've got mixtapes that i really do enjoy and i think a mm. lot you have like artistic like people put a lot of effort into them um but then you've got the ones where people just downloaded a bunch of stuff and made a fucking like real gore cum shot compilation yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh well, there's enough of the i mean it's whatever like i don't i don't really care but like you, you kind of you get tired of it you're like oh just another one of these you know so. yeah that's why i love your video on the uh on snuff r 73 so much because you really like took that shit down and we're like all right no this shit's this shit's ass the people behind it are pieces of garbage and this is why i think you did an amazing job with that well that's uh that's because it's like you're trying to be edgy you're trying to be extreme like the next level like after you get past stuff like mm -hmm. uh md pope or whatever or, or like videos of like people dying like a uh, brutal Africa and fucking uh, uh, death files, ISIS, you get through all that shit and you want to push the envelope. What's the next thing? Like fucking hurting kids. And that's not mm. like, that's yep. like, like, I don't know. It's just like, I guess go pat yourself on the back because you're so brutal. Cause you watched a compilation video of children getting fucking hurt. Yeah. Or you can have the badge. You're fucking weird. You know? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It like it's it brings like up that. something interesting too, where it's like, you know, yeah, it's extreme, but is it good? And I exactly. think that gets lost a lot, you know, <laughs> like in, in any of the subgenres of this thing. It's like, all right, you put out something super extreme, but was it worth our time to watch it? And you know, 
Sometimes, a lot of times, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if someone dared me and said, hey, you have to watch MD Pope 1, 2, and 3, can you do it? I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to be shaking in my boots like, oh, my God. I'm gonna... <laughs> yeah, this fucking sucks. <laughs> You're going to be yeah, more I... bored than anything. You're just going to be like, ah, damn. <laughs> oh, like, other... Yeah. Watch some of MD Pope. It's fucking boring. It's, it's just. Old shit. Sorry, anybody cut you off? No, I I agree. I mean that that's like um, uh, Thomas Cinemagore is like the perfect example of like the kind of mixtape person you just fucking can't. St- I can't stand. Like it's yep. just okay, cool. You you watch fucking brutal shit. Good good for you. You know, yeah. like... <laughs> dude needs to go outside and touch grass. <laughs> <laughs> um, but kind of uh piggybacking off of that like with the iceberg introducing people being like a source to introduce people to extreme cinema what would what would you guys personally consider a good entry point for people who are trying to get into this kind of this kind of stuff what would what would you recommend is like a good first film to dip your toes in um or like an evolution of films, like watch this, then watch this kind of. Thing. It's always an interesting question because it's like there's two there's two ways to do it. You either you know kind of wade in and start slow and start you know small and work your way up, or you just like go in head first. You know <laughs> that's what I did. <laughs> yeah, so it's like I always think that like the best example of like a perfect like way to get into extreme cinema is like Cannibal Holocaust. Just because, mm-hmm. like, it's got everything you can think of as as far as, like, extremity goes, you know. It, it does almost everything. But it's such a good fucking movie that if, like, it can be appreciated on that level more so than a lot of the other stuff that you can get into. And, you know, it's probably the same thing with, like, Last House on the Left or I Spit on Your Grave. You know, these movies are, like, they're classic, great fucking movies. It's like, you know, start there, and if you like that and it don't push you too far, then you can move into stuff like August Underground or Serbian film. or And then if you like that, then you could try a little further and you could go until you eventually hit this point where you're like, no, I'm good, and back out and yeah. go back to what you like. You know, like... Um, I think a great entry point movie is actually Green Room because, like, it's mm. it's super violent and super, you know, gnarly, but it's also, like... um it's not so far that it's going to immediately take people out of the whole idea of everything. Yeah. But again, I can't say much on that because I just dove into this shit. Cause I was just <laughs> like, cannibal Holocaust, August underground, last house on the left snuff. One Oh two is like what I watched within a week span. And I was mm-hmm. like, and it, at the time it fried my damn brain to the point where I was like, Oh fuck, this is like rough. <laughs> And maybe you I could be like, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say maybe you could just be like, here's August Underground Mortem. If if that ain't too much, then hey, we could talk. <laughs> I can show you some more shit. <laughs> I love Green Room. Like I saw, yeah, I was too. so hyped to see that movie in theaters and be like, I, I don't know. Like people talk about being re- like represented. Like I've I'm a fucking punk, dude. I've yeah. been a punk like my whole <laughs> life, and like i feel like they did a good job like representing like the punk underground you know like mm. and fucking nazis and shit dude like i used to fucking go to shows and fight nazis and like i, I was like oh shit yeah they got the guys with the fucking red laces and shit and i was like yeah those guys are scary <laughs> you know yeah it's a fucking amazing movie like all the characters are so likable too and they just die like it's not like oh but no, it's just like boom, they're gone. So you're yeah. just like, fuck. You know, like, oh no. <laughs> it's so good. Also, I just yeah. want to say, like, I would pay money to watch you fist spot a Nazi. Just want to <laughs> clarify that right now. <laughs> uh I'll 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 deviate a second and tell you a, a story. So I was at a bad religion show and there was these uh Nazis that showed up, like straight up like they had they weren't hiding it at all they were just they were there and uh so there was this guy and he was in the pit and he was uh zig heiling in the pit and so i just gave myself a good like lap <laughs> in the circle pit. 
and went as fast as I could and then knocked him knocked him down and then uh did another lap while he was on the ground because he was kind of a bigger guy it was hard for him to get up and I fucking just jumped on him jumped on his torso and then everybody just jumped this dude and we, <laughs> we beat the shit out of him and then the security had to drag him away because he was hurt and he looked at me and he was like why brother why <laughs> I was like uh, we're not brothers bro yeah no 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 <laughs> that's fucking incredible yeah so that I've got I I've actually I've been going to punk shows since I was a kid and like back in the day like punks would try to like or like Nazi punks would try to take over like shows especially like small shows and shit there was like this mm. uh this small like bar and they'd have bands play all the time and Nazis would try to show up but they'd always show up like with one like it would be like one of them and they would try to do start some bullshit and people would always be like don't won't beat the crap out of you but one day like a fat group of Nazis showed up to this show, this show and I was in the pit and all of a sudden I got fucking like slammed out of it. And I was like, what the fuck? And then there was like these big, like Marine Nazi guys. And they actually like took their shirt off and under their shirt, they had like swastika, like attire on. Yeah. And we were like, <laughs> oh God. and it was like a, it was like this band, the band called career soldiers they, who were not down with like Nazis at all. But these guys were huge, and like uh, it was like an all-age so- show, and uh, they ended up punching like a fourteen-year-old kid in the face. And at that point, the whole crowd was like "fuck that," and everyone started yelling "fuck white power," and they just the whole crowd just pushed them out the door. Like it was That's so sick. <laughs> <laughs> and I I was pretty young at the time. I was probably in high school still, and I fucking I like ran away because I was like once we got the Nazis out, I was like I need to leave because I was afraid those guys were gonna come back with like weapons or something. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it ended up shutting down the whole show and shit. But uh, yeah, it was it was like once Nazis started getting like nationwide attention, and I remember my mom was like, "I can't believe these people still exist." And I was like, "I've been fucking dealing with these motherfuckers since I was like, since I was yeah, like, punk shows when I was thirteen. They definitely oh, exist." <laughs> so, oh god. But, yeah, it's it's cool that things have blown up enough that like they're kind of scared to exist now because yeah. he's like, fuck that shit, you know? Oh, but, yeah. But anyway, yeah. Uh, my next question I, I had was kind of like, um, do you guys believe that there's any kind of, like, line when it comes to extreme cinema? Like, we were talking about some people think mixtapes are too far at things containing real death, whatever. Um where do you guys draw that line on what's morally acceptable? I think it's completely up to the individual, you know, um, like I know what my limit is. I know what I like to watch and what I don't like to watch. And I think that's, that's, that's the way it should be, you know, as long as like, I think we all can agree as long as it's consenting adults, you know, it's completely up to the individual, you mm-hmm. know, for me, it's like, I know that I'm not a big fan of, watching the, the the extreme JV stuff. So I'm not going to go out of my way to seek that stuff out, but you know, it has its home here and people who love it. Cool. You know, you go for it. Mm-hmm. Like my, my big thing is like, it's, you have like fucking mixtapes, like Amber alerts. Like, I think that shit's way too far. It's like, what, why are we ex- exploiting kids? That, that should not be, I feel like that shit should not be here at all. But when it comes to like the more fictional stuff, I feel like there really isn't a limit to like the like fictional films, of course. But um, I don't know, anything that like is pretty much what John said too. It's it's all up to the person. It's like again, I know my own personal limits and. I don't know. I do feel like there's certain things that we should not allow to be a part of the community. Like those kinds of mixtapes. I feel like those are just glorified CP. But, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it's like. I, it's, yeah. You know, I've, I've talked about on the show before. It's like when you start talking about like limits and stuff like that in extreme cinema, it's always going to be a little bit hypocritical, right? Because it's mm-hmm. like. I, I came down pretty hard on uh, the Mario Andorra movie, Blot of Humanity, because I thought the pig scene in that movie was 
absolutely horrendous and had no place in it. But I'm also going to sit here and praise Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah. You know, it's tough. It's really hard because it's like, why did that push me more than this? There's really no reason, actually. You know, it's it's all animal cruelty. Like, we just recently watched uh, uh, Red Spell Spells Red. And that has some horrendous pig killing scene. Yet oh for some God. reason, I'm not going to come down on that as hard as I did Mariandora. You know, is that fair? Absolutely not. So it's like the longer you stay in like the extreme community and talk about these things, there's always going to be a bit of hypocrisy in it because you're going to be like, this is okay, but this didn't work for me. And it's hard to explain why. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Blight of Humanity is so fucking brutal. It's actually interesting that people don't talk about it that much anymore. Yeah. I think it's probably because it's, so hard to get a hold of um mm-hmm. but yeah i was watching blight of humanity i was like why is no one talking about this this is fucking insane yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's i mean everyone was giving mario and dora a hard time for the animal cruelty in um angels melancholia and it's like he doubled down he was like yeah, oh it really did oh okay <laughs> like that makes you yeah. upset and uh, I don't know how much I buy into him being a vegetarian and all that kind of shit. Like, <laughs> like if you were doing it to make a point, like he says, like you made that point already. Like you don't. Yeah, need- exactly. <laughs> uh, I feel like Mario Dory's kind of an edge lord kind of thing, you know. Yeah. So it's like he's pushing the boundaries because that's what he wants to do. You know, he wants to offend, and it's like I don't know. It's so hard because like I love Campbell Holocaust and Campbell Ferox and the animal cruelty in those movies is horrible. It's brutal, you know. Like it's nasty. But for some reason, like when I watched Angels Melancholy, it just like the destruction of life. That movie seems so pointless and unnecessary that like it really bothered me. But then I'm like, well, shit, now I'm a big ass hypocrite because I'm praising Cam Holocaust and shitting on this movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like, it's, it's like, go ahead. Oh, no, no. Uh, I was I was going to say, like, when it comes to like Angels Melancholy, like me personally, like it's like all the animal cruelty and it. it's like it's fucked up for me that movie's just fucking boring <laughs> but i i i watched that movie for the first time before there was like any subtitles available mm-hmm. I, like, I can't follow this i don't understand i was like i can't wait till someone put subtitles so i can understand then they, then it came out with subtitles i watched and i was like this still makes no fucking sense i can't follow this what is this movie about <laughs> it's all just them like talking poetically and i was like all right well this is just like an art film <laughs> but, uh, but yeah it's, i was gonna say uh like cannibal ferox was like umberto lenzi's response to rogero diodato with cannibal yeah so like in in cannibal ferox like there's a turtle killing scene and it's like talk about like useless animal cruelty like the mm-hmm. turtle killing scene in that one is like it's so it's not as powerful as the turtle scene in cannibal holocaust and it's so short you just see these guys, they just sit and then they like cut a turtle apart really quick and it moves on. And it's like, that didn't need to be there. You know? Yeah. yeah. And like eaten alive by Umberto Lindsay. Like he took animal cruelty scenes from like nature footage and other movies to put in his movie. So it's like, why did you even do it? <laughs> it's, it's so weird. Yeah. That's, a, um, that's yeah. Animal stuff is always going to be a fine line for everybody. You know, I don't like it. I wish it didn't exist in movies, but. You kind of have to roll with the punches, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, it does come back to the uh, subjectivity of all this kind of stuff, because I mean, most people eat meat, you know. Yeah. Like, and there's a lot, and like we live in a world, especially like in the Western world, in the U.S., like we do have choices of whether we want to eat meat or not, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, to an extent, an argument can be made like, well, you're eating a steak out of enjoyment rather than necessity, because you can make that choice right and so i think an argument can be made like well you you're picking to eat meat out of enjoyment for eating um someone could make an argument that oh well they killed a movie for enjoyment like it's still a life being taken for pleasure reasons you know and i'm not i'm I'm just playing devil's advocate i'm not saying exactly yeah yeah, i hold hold those beliefs i'm just saying that uh there's all kinds of different viewpoints that can be brought to the table when it comes to that stuff. And that's what makes it so muddy when it, having these conversations, you know? Yep. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so my next question is you guys are kind of at the forefront of like people, like the up and comers within our community, both as filmmakers, but at, just as people like other YouTubers and stuff like spooky celluloid and, mm-hmm. and, uh, shock and schlock um 
who are some who are some up and comers that you think uh deserve some like more recognition or people who are listening who may may be getting back into horror and want to pay attention to some new people uh who do you think would you would point in that direction like oh go go watch his channel or go watch his movie those kind of that kind of stuff man like for the number one like you mentioned him for me is spooky celluloid oh yeah like the guy like he's not just because he's our friend but because like legitimately he has some of the best production value i've seen of any reviewer on youtube his editing skills are fantastic he's very funny but also at the same time like super informative like he was on our show talking about just franco and i learned shit i didn't have a clue about just franco so -hmm. it's like that guy like and he's super funny so it's like he's really easy to watch and like get into so it's like he would be the first guy I recommend anybody going to check out, you know, when it comes to YouTube's as far as like up and come filmmaking goes as well. It's like, I just recently discovered box creep films mm-hmm. and uh, that shit was so much fun that I'm so excited oh, to yeah. see where they're going to go from there. Yeah. That's uh, my buddy, Steven, like where he lives, like 30 minutes, like 15 minutes from me <laughs> hang out all the time. And he's making, I love the stuff he's making. Like, it's like, it's just fucking fun. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Also, I know you had him on the podcast, but Lucky Soretti. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, yeah. I've been so impressed with everything he's done. And I thought uh, Uncle Sleezo was fucking fantastic. So, like, yeah. I'm so on board with him and whatever he's going to do next, you know. S- yeah, he's my he's guy. A, he's a <laughs> I was, I sat down and kind of like marathoned his stuff for that podcast episode. And I was like, damn, like, he makes some really good stuff. He does. Yeah. yeah. Um, It's like, and not not just su- suggesting uh, this guy because he's one of my friends, but he he also like you know on where Spooky has you know high production and stuff like that. Herschel Herschel Gillis, you know, Shock and Schlock, his videos are are also very interesting because um, he kind of has like, a completely different take on the stuff where it's like oh it's pretty much unedited him just talking in front of a camera. He's a wealth of knowledge on anything that's like shocking and or schlocky, of course, you know, in the name. And like he, we, me and him talk all the time, and he's like brings up movies. I'm like, I've never even heard of this, mm. and he knows like all this shit about it. It's it's fucking wild, and his interviews are great too. Uh, also, to, oh, sorry, sorry, I was just gonna bring up uh, Brandon Terry and the Morbid Horror oh, Podcast. Yeah. Um, first of all, the Marvel Horror Podcast is great, but uh, Deviant I thought was actually a really good entry into like the pseudo snuff found footage genre. And we got a chance to watch his new short film that he hasn't put out just yet, and it's even better. Like the dude, uh, he's he definitely got a style that I think is going to impress a lot of people when it finally gets out there. When it comes to directors, uh, Guy Pierce, yes, <laughs> dude, difficulty the, uh, breathing was fucking amazing. That movie blew me away. Yeah, I love uh, difficulty breathing. Was, that movie genuinely scared me. Yeah, yeah. Watching it at night by myself, and I was like, "Fuck, dude, I'm actually like at the edge of my seat right now." Yeah, that movie scared the fuck out of me too. Yeah, it's so, so good. It's so fucking good. <laughs> um, you guys have other interests outside of horror. Specifically, you guys are really into like wrestling and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I do not know shit about wrestling, and I was wondering for people listening who. If you were gonna like introduce me into wrestling, uh, what would you guys recommend? Things to check out or people people listening who are new to it as well. Damn, that's hard. Because <laughs> well, like, for, oh, sorry, John. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I say for like the extreme horror community, I'd say deathmatch stuff. Yeah, deathmatch stuff is is a good for stuff like that is a good starting place. It's tough though because like when you're getting somebody into wrestling, there's a fine line between them being into it and then something happening that's going to immediately take them out of it. Yeah, we talk about that a lot because like we'll be watching like I don't know, we don't watch like Monday Night Raw or anything like that too much, but every once in a while we'll watch it, and there'll be a segment, and then we're just like, if a new wrestling fan was watching this and saw how stupid that is, (laughs) they'd be like, I'm done, (laughs) you know, like so because like. I don't know. It's all about suspension of disbelief. So it's like, do you show them something like Hogan and Andre? That's all about storytelling. Or do you show them like the Japanese stuff that we love? Or do you show them like the, the really like crazy athletic indie stuff or the, 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 the glass and the blood, you know, I guess I would just like, I just start them where like where I started at with like Austin and rock 
and then like all right do you like that if you like that let's try this and then that but matt's right like as far as like you know if you're into like extreme metal and extreme horror then like you know watching two dudes bust lot tubes over each other's heads and put each other through panes of glasses and pretty damn entertaining so <laughs> that's yeah. not a bad place <laughs> what are your guys thoughts on like backyard wrestling that was like really popular and i remember like watching like bum fights and stuff they would throw that kind of stuff in there yeah fights for they've got backyard wrestling and stuff um i think backyard wrestling is incredibly entertaining <laughs> yeah it's super fun i mean you gotta know what it is like i think a lot of people like when you talk about independent wrestling the first thing they think about is backyard wrestling like it's completely different uh but there was like guys that who like came out of like the backyard wrestling scene who are like genuinely really good and like actually were like wrestling today and like major promotions and shit. Yeah. So it has a lot of merit to it, you know. And I don't know. I think there's the fun thing about it, it's just like we all did it. If you're a wrestling oh, fan, yeah. you put a damn mattress down and suplex your friend and both got hurt because you didn't know what the hell he's doing. And it, it's just trampoline. fun to watch because of that. Yeah, or a trampoline. <laughs> Have you guys seen that video of I don't know if it's backyard wrestling or whatever, but this guy like jumps off of the corner of the ropes or whatever, and he like hyper extends his legs. Yes. Oh, God, the guy dressed yeah. like Sting. <laughs> we kept calling the video Stung. <laughs> it's so bad. Like it's such like a like horrible thing where it's like, man, how did he manage to get both his knees? Like just jumping off Dude. the second rope, just <laughs> folding him like a flamingo. Like what the hell? It's like it's like I shouldn't be laughing at that video because this dude fucked himself up bad. But man, that video is hilarious. It's horrible. This dude folded yeah. himself in half. That's one of the few videos where I like I literally like if it pops up on my like like feed, <laughs> I like skip it. I'm like I I don't need to see that again. That looks like, a fucking... <laughs> like... <laughs> I don't even know how he pulled it off. I don't know how he did that. <laughs> yeah, like it's like unbelievable. <laughs> Um, talking about like uh extreme horror and and wrestling, is there any kind of films that like overlap those two? Are there any like films that have wrestling uh and horror together? Oh man, actually, just recently Victor Bonacore dropped a movie called Thrust, mm -hmm. which is like this like post-apocalyptic uh comedy horror thing that actually features a lot of like independent wrestlers and, yeah. and it actually has a whole segment in it where they like, they go in and there's a ring and like, they have to like fight the main lady to like get them to join their gang and stuff like that. And it was really fun. So, you know, a lot of times like when you add like wrestling into a movie, it's not great. <laughs> yeah. I can think about like WrestleManiac or uh, no holds barred or something like that. No holds barred's a fucking slapper of a movie. <laughs> Listen, man, no, it ain't, <laughs> but <laughs> But Thrust was the first time where I saw it where I was like, oh, that don't feel very cringy yet, actually. Like, it seems like genuinely like someone who likes this thing wanted to add this into the movie and do it in a way that accurately and funly depicts why you, they like it. So yeah. I, I really dug that movie, so. Um, yeah, I, when it, I uh, oh. am a pretty big fan of Thrust. It's got a lot of my friends in it, like Felicia Fisher's in there, and then uh, Rowan Richards, who I had on my Murderbilia show and ch tell uh, channel. She's a survivor of the aurora theater shooting she um and she's an actress obviously um she's in there also so it's i i think the movie is a lot of fun but it's also cool to like see your friends like yeah on the screen in this like crazy feminist post-apocalyptic yeah world. yeah yeah i really do i like victor bonacore style too like since i saw his segment in symbolicus I was like, yeah, this guy, <laughs> this guy's got it. it. <laughs> yeah, Felicia's also so good in that movie. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like, I really oh liked God. that they like emphasized her laugh because she has a really unique laugh. Yeah. yeah. Really like they're like, I'm gonna capitalize on this. This I don't know. She had a she was a cute character in in it as well. Um. Also, like you're talking about wrestling and horror movies, like bridging. There's uh, it's not extreme by any means, but there's also the El Santo movies. Oh, that's true. Yeah. From Mexico. So those are actually pretty good, too. Yeah, they're really fun. So your guys' uh, podcast has really been blowing up, getting a lot of attraction and stuff like that. Um, what can you tell us about just, just going from, like, what was the point where you guys were, like, kind of doing it casually to doing it more seriously? Because you guys are on a pretty routine schedule now and what's kind of the direction or future for sick on cinema 
It's, I, I will say a routine schedule is uh, you're being kind to us. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, tend to fuck up a schedule pretty good. Um, That's Lafo. So yeah. <laughs> it's so it's still so strange that the, anyone listens to the show at all, actually, because like when we first started it, like, you know, we did Mario and Dara episode one and so we did weird. it for what, like a year, two years. We stopped in 2019. So we yeah. did about two years felt like we were just talking to each other in a room and putting it on the internet and talking to the sky like no it seemed like nobody was listening at all so it's it's still so strange to me that like you know we'll put up listener questions and like one week we got over 20 questions and i'm like how and why do people actually give a shit so i don't know like Um, it's it's just been it's been a weird like like as far as like doing it seriously it's like I think what changed was when we stopped like trying to actually do it seriously. And we're like, if we just make each other laugh and like, just talk, that's going to be far more entertaining than if we actually like try to be serious and like overanalyze things. That's just not who we are. So yeah. The first episode we tried to do that. We tried to like, you know, talk more seriously about like the movies, but then from there on, it was just like, let's just be ourselves and goof around. And it's like, Mm -hmm. there's no reason like to take everything so seriously all the time well i think that's what makes you guys podcast so great is your personalities and watching you guys bust each other's balls and like (laughs) you guys fucking knocking shit over and having no stuff spilled water or something and the the rivalry with like the margarine butter thing yeah (laughs) i'm team butter all the way dude fuck margarine like (laughs) i'm 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 gonna go on a little rant here for, for a second can you imagine someone coming in with a hot plate of pancakes or some fucking like homemade French toast or some shit? And someone has the audacity to go, hey, can you pass the margarine? Get the fuck out of here. I'm with you 100%. And that's oh the thing, too. It's like, I, I got a lot more lax on my editing, which may seem laziness, but I think it just like adds realism to it. Because like if we're sitting there talking and the cat jumps in and starts doing something insane, it's kind of funny if I leave that in, you know, or if like someone like hands me a plate of food or something like that on air, it's like, it's just real, you know? Yeah. Well, I that think I just don't like to edit. So, <laughs> well, it makes you feel like you're in the room with you guys, like hanging out, you know? And I think that's what's cool is like, I'll find myself like busting up laughing because I, because I can, I don't know, I feel like I'm kicking it with you guys while I'm like driving. Yeah. And that's all the podcasts I always like too. Like when I would listen to podcasts, something like Tell Them Steve Dave or Last Podcast I Left, where it just seems like a couple of guys just hanging out and talking. And but I don't think we ever like decided to do that like consciously. It just kind of mm. became because it's like, all right, if we're going to do this and enjoy doing it, then we have to do it in a way that's not going to get old. Yeah, because it, it can get really old. <laughs> yeah, um, it's like even you know <laughs> within this this little uh interview here it's like i'm pretty sure you heard the dog barking on my end yeah <laughs> but um i mean that's just like what happens like like all this stuff just it, i don't know <laughs> we just have like weird shit happen during like recording and it's just like why not keep that in because it's just add something mm-hmm. to, to the podcast it makes it seem like i don't know that we're all hanging out because i feel like you know, we're all a community. We all like, you know, talking to each other and talking about the, the things we love. So I feel like, you know, having our show be that way is, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like it's just, I feel, I, feel like, I feel like it's natural. Yeah. That's how I feel about it too. So do you guys have any like upcoming future? Like what's the future for Sick on Cinema? Man, I don't really know. We We are in the works of doing merch which still seems weird and we've not quite figured that out just yet, <laughs> but uh, that's definitely something we want to do. Um, as far as like just the show, I think we just want to keep it consistent. I mean, like as far as growing it and stuff like that, if it grows, I'd rather it do it naturally. You know, if we just stay where we're at right now, I'll be perfectly content with that as well. Yeah. So it's like, if it grows, it grows, but I wouldn't mind like taking the name and like doing some other things with it. Maybe. Like maybe one day doing like a short film and like branding it under sick on cinema or something like that. That'd be kind of cool. But like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I kind of just want to, you know, stay the course and do what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. And also like, also like when it comes to like, like the topics we do, like 
we we do want to like diversify it so it's not just oh you know yeah. this most disturbing movies of all time all the you know all the fucking time yeah like, occasionally we'll do something like something more lighthearted or something like that that's still underground like stuff like you know the shot on video stuff from like the 80s and 90s like yeah. stuff like that is like still underground but it's still you know it, it's way more lighthearted than like talking about you know the faces of death series or mm. traces or something like that but we will cover that stuff to yeah the, you know to the day we decide that this show's done whatever that is i don't know that's gonna be a thing where we're gonna die doing this i don't know <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of that came down too, like with your channel because like you know f- when we first were doing the show it was like all right these are the movies that we are going to cover and then, like, we watched your video on, like, the zombie series, and it was like, well, shit, technically that is underground horror as well. So it's like, if that counts, then let's do Fulci, let's do Argento, let's, you know, it's all still technically underground because, like, your mainstream horror fan is never going to have heard of Umberto Lindsay or, you know, <laughs> yeah. Jodorowsky or something like that. I really like the Paradise Lost episode that you guys did. I think that was something that you brought something that I think a lot of people in the extreme horror community don't even like think about. Like it's a disturbing, it's a disturbing documentary series. Um, but I, you don't hear a lot of people talk like in the extreme horror circles about it or anything, you know? Yeah. And that was a difficult episode too. Cause it was like, I wanted to talk about the movies and mm-hmm. how the movies were made and stuff like that and not get completely lost in the West Memphis three court case. But it's so hard because like, once you get talking about it, you're going to start rolling with the passion and be like, fuck these motherfuckers, you know? Like, yeah. So like, how do we balance that line of like talking about the movies and also not being so like dark and depressing the whole time because the subject matter is horrendous. You know what I mean? So like, I don't know. It was, it was a very difficult episode to like prep and like think about, but I was actually pretty proud when that was done. So <laughs> John had to reel me in multiple times. Though. He was like, I remember before he was like, do not, go crazy on this just 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 talk about the movies and talk about the you know the, the case itself a bit don't go too crazy <laughs> i was like okay okay yeah but I, it still happened anyway talking about three dead little boys is hard to, hard it's to not do. easy yeah. <laughs> um i'd say that's one of the hardest episodes we did for yeah. sure yeah i mean that case is brutal like yeah and that that the killer's out there, you know. Yeah. That's the um, worst part. <laughs> <laughs> um, you talked about possibly making like a short film. Um, mm-hmm. if you were to make a movie, what what uh what like kind of thing would you do you have in, do you have anything in mind? Yeah, I actually do. We both do. Um mm-hmm. and I think it would surprise people because it's like, you know, we cover disturbing movies and but like what I want to make I think is a lot more goofy and silly than uh than what people would expect i think <laughs> yeah i have a whole series of films all about food in my head that i want to do that are just <laughs> ridiculous that you know might happen might not happen it's hard to say well again it's like um it's like i, I made the, the two mixtapes for banana box and they're not extreme really at all they're all like super goofy it's me essentially just having just creating like an hour-long shit post for like of internet stuff and just trying to just trying to have fun with it i because um it's like when it comes to like even like short films and movies and stuff I, I of course have ideas some of them are on the darker side but a lot of that stuff that i have in my in my mind or it's definitely more on the goofier light-hearted side probably <laughs> I mean, I definitely think there's a place for that. And I think that there's definitely like crossover for that. I mean, like you just brought up uh box creep films, like his films are fun, you know, and there's blood and gore or whatever, but they're still just kind of fun. And there's mm-hmm. like SOV stuff like SOV is, is a lot of fun, you know, um, like I love oh, yeah. like video violence and, and stuff yep. like that. Like, and those aren't, I wouldn't say like, I guess they're kind of extreme, but it's more like slap like slapstick funny kind of yeah um yeah it's like go ahead oh i was gonna say it's like the polonias too like their stuff like there's like gore and like stuff like that but it's all super funny and like goofy so yeah for sure 
Um, well, is there anything else that you guys want to discuss before we wrap it up? Or um, if people are interested, uh, how can they, where, where are your guys' socials? Where's your guys' stuff if they want to follow you? Socials is only Instagram. Because <laughs> like yeah. I said, I'm an old man that yells at clouds, so I don't have... I don't have anything but Instagram, so Sick Old Cinema on Instagram is the only place we're at, which is a terrible I, I, idea because if it ever goes down, we're we're in big trouble. Yeah, <laughs> like we, we had a Facebook and a Twitter, but all that login information is probably in the ether somewhere. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the Instagram is where to follow us, and of course the like podcast like links on. It's pretty much anywhere you can yeah, find podcasts. I'm pretty sure Spotify. Twitter is pretty pretty cool because like you can like go to settings and say that you're open to like adult content and then you can like post boobs and stuff. So <laughs> you guys are ever covering like a I don't know you, it just allows you like if you're talking about a, a crazy movie like you can post pictures or screenshots and uh, not get in trouble because Instagram. Yeah. Pretty- I don't know. I got I get in trouble on Instagram all the time. <laughs> <laughs> we actually have not. The only thing oh, we got in okay. trouble for was I used to make these little like little like preview videos of the stuff we were going to be covering, which I really like doing. I like editing those, but uh, we got caught for copyright music every single time, so I yeah. stopped doing it. <laughs> it's so is funny. Go ahead. Oh, so sorry, I, I feel like I keep cutting you off. I apologize. I don't know where it's going. Um, it's so funny too because like now there's a feature where you can just add whatever copyrighted song you want to to a post. It's like what the fuck. It's, it's also crazy because we have we literally have a picture of Spooky's head for an episode we did on an ass that's shitting on someone, and that didn't get flagged. No. <laughs> so I don't know how we pulled that off, but it's probably gonna be like three years down the road. You're get They'll flagged. probably get it. <laughs> that happens, dude. I, like on Facebook, I'll have posted something. It'll be it'll have been there forever, and all of a sudden, like I get like. Oh, you're in you're in Facebook jail because of a post you did two years ago, and you're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> Been there for Algorithms. two years, and the world didn't fall apart. What the hell? <laughs> Algorithms are so fucked. <laughs> yeah, it's whack. Um, well, guys, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. And uh, huh. I mean, I think we're gonna be ping ponging off of each other's stuff all the time. So, we'll for sure. keep in touch for sure. So, thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, see ya. Peace, peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Uneasy Train Explorers Club podcast. This podcast is the product of Putrid Productions, which also produces my YouTube channels, Cinema's Underbelly, where I analyze and review extreme underground cinema, as well as my channel, Murderbilia Show and Tell, where I share pieces of true crime relics from my personal collection and tell the stories behind them. Additionally, Putrid Productions also has its own distribution label, Vile Video Productions, where I release my films as well as the movies of other filmmakers within the extreme horror underground. So if you want to keep the putrefaction going, make sure to check out these other endeavors, as well as keeping a lookout for upcoming podcast episodes. Till next time, I'm Jonathan Doe, and this is the Uneasy Terrain Explorers Club podcast. <laughs>